Freddie. All right, we are rolling. Sunday morning. Welcome back. It's been a bit of a vacation, I suppose. Yeah, it's been a summer break. Well, you've been living your endless summer over here. I have. I was gone two weekends, and I'm getting ready to fly out again today. So it's been Thursday through Sunday, three weekends in a row. This is really nice. does kind of screw up the whole Sunday morning symptom schedule, though. That's all right. All right. <clears throat> you got you to take trips when you can take them. Yeah, man. After that endless time out we were on, right? I decided last summer, I got to get out of here. <laughs> I have to go someplace. I mean, you'd made a couple of trips, yeah. some cool trips with Lisa and gone and seen some places, even if it was just the two of you going to that cool camper thing yeah. that they had or... Jeez, Strawberry or Greer or yeah. Will, well, Williams, whatever. Or whatever that cool lake was that you and Mac drove up a mountain and there's a plateau and there's a lake on top of it. Oh, it's Colorado, yeah. Colorado. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I mean, so we all got to do what we got to do because, uh, yeah, that long pause was not healthy for anybody. But uh, last year I went up to Santa Cruz. I'd never been up to see my buddy Sean. He's been out there for 20 years. And he hit me with it when he was in town for a Mother's Day like uh Hey, it's great to see you when I come visit my mom, but uh, when's the last time you came and visited me? And I'm like, oh, I'm a bad friend. At Santa Cruz? Santa Cruz, yeah. Santa Cruz, Sean. Surfer Sean. Yeah. Sean of the Surf Shack. Sean of the the Waves. Dude, yeah. He's talking about living your best life. Yeah. Seriously. um, The guy worked for Specialized for like, oh, geez. It'd be about the same amount of time I'd been with the school district, so it'd be about... Coming up on 20 years, he'd worked his way up from just a, a kid off the street moving parts through the warehouse to, like, a executive VP just below, or president, <clears throat> just below, like, the two assistants to the actual owner, so it's privately owned. And uh, anyway, they just decided, you know, thanks for your service right after Christmas. You went to, like, a Christmas party, and then the next uh, <clears throat> week he gets the pink slip. No shit. And he's like, fuck. So I remember he came back into town. We had some drinks. And I'm like, fuck him. You got to land on your feet, bro. Uh, it's not like you lost your skill set or your communication skills. I mean, they didn't take you from you. They just took that job. Go get another one. So yeah. he did. He landed on his feet with zero motorcycles. He's been with them since. And um, I'm not sure what his title is there. But, I mean, talk about a guy who loves his work. Anything to do with motorcycles, he's all in. Yeah. You know, Uh it's not surfing, it's cycles. And, uh, yeah, they've, they've come up with some super cool things to and, and develop some different things. And, uh, you know, he, he, hell, they had Norman Reedus' first episode ever of Ride with Norman Reedus was done at Zero Motorcycles. And he got to go to ride with oh, he did, really? Norman and uh, the other girl that How was, was that? on the show. He says he's exactly who you think he is, like the coolest dude. Really? And he goes, he's so funny. Uh, so nice to all the people that work there. Uh, everybody loved the guy. And he goes, the uh, he goes. Now she's super attractive, the girl that was on the early episodes with with Norman. But she's also like got her doctorate's degree <clears throat> and does a ton of other stuff and models. And I'm like, wow, all right, nice. See who Norman's rolling around with. Wow. You know? So pick of the litter, I guess. So anyway, he's living his best life up there. Nice enough, him and. Uh, his girlfriend Beverly let me come up for uh, long weekends in the summer, and we. I, the best part was, man, I got off that plane in San Jose. That's where you fly <laughs> into, and we shot right up to the Giant Stadium, and I got to see a baseball game the first night I was there. Yeah, that looked good. That looked like fun. Did you see those seats? <clears throat> yeah, on Facebook. Oh my God, we're the sixth row, 
And I'd say we're on the first baseline. We're basically just looking right down over home plate. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever had better seats to a baseball game. I was going to look up zero motorcycles while you were talking. Yeah, go ahead. I'll, <laughs> I'll, get, I'll finish the San Francisco story. So I haven't been to San Francisco since I was a little kid. We did the whole little boat tour around Alcatraz and all that goofy shit that you do when you're 12. So it's got to be it's 40 years since I've been there. Big difference going to San Francisco. I mean, great beer, great food, a lot of culture, a lot of homeless. That's everywhere. That's downtown Phoenix. That's San Diego, where I was at the weekend before. So zero motorcycles is the electric motorcycles. Yeah, electric motorcycles. Yeah. Well, that was one of the things Norman was freaking out on. He's like, I started the bike because I pushed the button. No sound. No sound. But he goes, as soon as you throttle it, this thing takes off. And one of the comments he made was, he goes, you know, when you're cruising around up in Santa Cruz and you're going past the beach and the waves are crashing and everything, he goes, on, an ele- on a zero motorcycle, you can actually hear all that. He goes, it made the bike ride a lot nicer, you know. He says, it also might be a lot safer, too, because you can hear everything that's going on around you. It's not drowned out by the roar of the bike. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, there's, of course, the... Uh, Obligatory picture of my buddy Sean Norman and the other host of the show. And uh, not Sean, but the other two are flipping off the camera. Oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, it's pretty classic, but but super nice guy. He said, you know what? The only guy that might be nicer than Norman Reedus is, uh, God, what's that guy that was Dr. McDreamy? Patrick Dempsey? Yeah. Yeah, he goes, uh, <laughs> when he was with Specialized, Patrick Dempsey is really into uh, uh, bikes. Well, just, uh, you know, the uh, Tour de France and that that sort of thing. So he would come over and do advertising spots with them. And he was always very gracious with everybody. Didn't look like he was put out by people wanting to meet Dr. McDreamy. And uh, so Sean had met him. And then when uh, Dempsey was suited up to go on a bike ride, he was walking by Sean. And Sean just, you know, he goes, in my mind, I just wanted to leave the guy alone, right? Like, everybody's bothering this guy. He's here to do a job. Just let him do his job. And he goes, Dempsey puts his hand on his shoulder and goes, hey, Sean, you just going to walk by? You're not going to say hi to me? And he's like, I'm sorry. I kind of figured you were about your business. Uh, hey, Patrick, how's it going? And he's like, yeah, it's good, man. How are you? And he goes, you know, ask me about work, a family, and then invite me to go on a bike ride. And he goes, so... I've been on rides with that guy, and he goes, one of the most genuinely nice guys ever, Patrick Dempsey, the guy, the little that's nice. doctor. I was like, <laughs> isn't that a nice story to have to tell, you know? Because mo- a lot of times, you know, it doesn't matter if it's sports or movies or TV or whatever. It's just, Yeah, you never, yeah, never meet your heroes, they say. Nah, all the talent, but just not good people. And yeah. It's nice when you actually get both. They're a good person and they, they are talented. So Yeah. Anyway, the Giants game was great. I mean, you know, it was, it was a trip because we watched the first few innings from those glorious seats. And I'm having the best time because it's nice and cool up there, dude. Yeah. Get that breeze off the coast. Oh, yeah. Santa Cruz, I mean, holy shit, dude. And that's not San Francisco, but the whole time I'm up in that, in that area, it's between 60 and 85. Yeah. I can live there. Yeah. And that's year-round. They said it's like 55 to 85. I can afford to live there. Uh, no, I can't afford to live there. No, no. It's crazy. I mean, you, can, you can't afford to <clears throat> buy anything there now. Not yeah, now. 25 years ago, yeah. That's what I told Sean. I said, I wish I had rolled up here with you 20-something years ago and got myself established at this level. 
and already been in here. Yeah. Because, like, Sean, several years ago, uh, bought the condo he's in. And he goes, at the time, he goes, I had a heart attack, dude, because it's only a little two-bedroom condo. Yeah. But $660,000, now it's going for, like, 1.3. So fucking ridiculous. Now, to his credit, you can walk out his door, past one building and out this gate, and then there's, uh, oh, I don't know, like little duplexes there. And when you walk between the two of them, there's an intersection. On the other side of the intersection is a Starbucks. And then you walk past all these really cool little craftsmen's homes. That's a $4,500 a month mortgage payment on a 30-year fix with like 3% interest. Yeah, wow. The way to do math. First thing in the morning, Mike. It's like Jesus fucking Christ, dude. I don't care if that fucking thing was on the second step to heaven. I ain't For a two-bedroom, <laughs> I ain't paying that kind of money. I, yeah, I mean... You have to, you have to look at it like, um, oh geez, during Sean's first marriage, him and his wife both made really good money, and they bought a house that was actually on a hill that overlooked the ocean in Santa Cruz, and that thing's worth like five million dollars now or something <clears throat> like that. So, if when that marriage ended and they settled up, he looked around. I'm sure he had some money to bring in yeah. to put down on it, but yeah, it was the biggest payment he'd ever had on something, you know. Um, and, uh, so zero zero motorcycles is in Santa Cruz, right? That's where they're based. It is, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah not too not too far somewhere <clears throat> in the Santa Cruz area. That sort of thing, yeah. So, and Santa Cruz isn't too far from San Jose, but yeah, it's not a hundred times prettier. Uh, yeah. Oh my God! I mean, we just went through. You know, like the game was great. We're walking around. We we went upstairs because I said I got to walk the stadium. I didn't see enough coming in and get to the seats. We walk around the top and. You know, despite what Ray says about all Giants fans being of the devil, uh, they were all totally into their team, man. They knew when to cheer and when the heckle, and I, I didn't have a problem with the crowds there at all. So we're upstairs, and we're walking around the top of it, and Bev's like, uh, hey, do you want to go down the slides? And I'm like, what slides? She goes, there's slides inside of that big Coke bottle that's out in left field. <laughs> I'm like, no, there isn't. And I look up inside that Coke bottle. Sure enough, there's like little kids going down these giant slides and this Coke bottle. And she goes, do you want to go on it? And I'm like, no, one of my fucking seven. I don't want to go on a slide. I want to drink good beer and order a tri-tip sta- steak sandwich. <laughs> what are you, 12? <laughs> I don't. I don't want to go down this slide. So we kept walking. And we get to the very back out in like center field and uh, they had all these really cool little restaurants, and I did get that tri-tip sandwich I wanted. And so we had some grub and looked out over the bay, and did you know they got all those little sailboats? I took pictures of the guys in uh, whatever is Kofi uh, uh, little bay thing there where they catch the home runs. Kofifi, uh, Kofifi Bay, and uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, so that was something to see in person. I've seen it on TV hundreds of times, and I got actually got to see it. So. After we grubbed up and took a walk around the stadium, we made our way back out of the seats and, um, you know, went into extra innings. And, you know, and they both had to, to work that day and what have you. They were pretty wiped out. And I could tell they were looking at me like, and, and yeah, I'm normally the guy that will stay extra innings because that's just free baseball to me, you know, make it worth the price of the tickets. Right. Um, but I also thought, you know, hey, maybe they want to get on the road because it's a good hour and 40-minute drive from no, an hour and 20 minute drive something like that from santa cruz to uh giant stadium up in san francisco that ain't bad though no dude you know and seeing like the golden gate bridge in person and all those other bridges across that bay was golden gate bridge is crazy it's dude. stunning dude 
they all these bridges just go across this giant bay everywhere. I would have a total heart attack driving on it. And they just talk about it like, oh yeah, I remember I used to work up here and blah blah, and I take this bridge, that bridge. And sometimes I just stop here for a bite to eat. And I'm like, yeah, because it's such a long fucking bridge, you have to pull over and have a rest stop. Yep. And I'm like, wow. So, um, so I said, you know what? Why don't we bounce? Maybe catch a nightcap on the way to the. The, to the whip and uh so we're walking and we probably you know the weird part about california both san diego trip with ray and frank and then going up and seeing sean and bev is um it's very easy in california when you have that nice weather it doesn't matter if it's uphill downhill you can walk a mile two miles you got books while here yeah underneath the uh, cooler thing um and not even think anything of it we just walked you know uh, probably and Sean's van. He's got one of those Ford Transit vans because he can go camping in the redwoods or surfing. The boards fit in it. Got a little portable shower and a good setup. Yeah. But uh, you couldn't find parking that was tall enough to get that fucking van in there anyway. So we had to park in like California, an open lot, like a couple miles away. And there's a kid in an actual full size recliner on the lot. He was cracking me up. So I went and shot the shit with him. And, uh, you said that uh, he was chilling in his recliner? Chilling in the recliner, man. I said, dude, I like your setup. And he starts kicking his feet up and putting them down and kicking his feet up, putting them down. and Working uh, out. Yeah, a little bit, you know. Didn't speak a, a lot of English, but uh, we were drawing back and forth. And I think Sean slipped him a little extra money to keep an eye on the van. You know, so at least we had like a, uh, we had a lighted lot with a person in it. I mean, not that that's going to stop them if they want your shit. Yeah, but it but. it definitely keeps the honest honest. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, any and, and that's any big city. It's not just San Francisco. It's Phoenix, you know. Yeah. Malvin always tries to save money on parking down at the Diamondbacks, those, and they keep San stealing Francisco shit off bad. his truck. Ah, yes, and I hope they turn that around. That city's way too beautiful to let it go to shit, you know. I well, mean, I'll tell you... Uh, just San the culture, the architecture, yeah, San, all San Francisco's of it. Stunning. Honest, Lisa and I spent like eight days there one summer. That sounds about right because you need not eight days isn't even enough to see San Francisco. No, we That's we crazy. did, but we did all the cool shit, man. Did you go to Golden Gate Bridge? I mean, yeah, we Golden did. Gate Park and, 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 uh, here's what we did: we went on. Um, we did one of those tour buses things where the yeah. open air, where they like drop you off at different spots and come back and pick you up. Right? We spent the whole day doing that. But we went over the the Golden Gate Bridge, and we were sitting in this, uh, in the top of this open air bus. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, like the, I the was wearing ones, yeah, right up on top. Yeah, of something? I was wearing a t shirt and pants, and I damn near froze to death. <laughs> I was dying. <laughs> what was it? Mark Twain said the coldest winter I ever spent it was the summer in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. You know what though? I the whole time I was in Cal. Uh, you know, they kept asking me, hey, are you chilly? Do you want to go get a hoodie or something? I'm like, no. I want to bottle this up and put it in my soul. Yeah. And take it back home with me because I live in a fucking blast furnace. Yeah. yeah, we did. We did the, you know, the piers and, and <clears throat> the um, Alcatraz. And we did <clears throat> the, all the food. But yeah, there's this thing in San Francisco called Belkin Lane. And Belkin or Belden or something like that. Anyway. So during the day, it's an alley. At night, all these tiny restaurants set up tables in this alley. All these very nice restaurants. And it's just restaurant after restaurant after restaurant after restaurant all the way down this alley. In between these fucking skyscrapers, right? No shit. And unbelievable food. 
And you just sit outside, have dinner. Really? Best dinner and wine you've ever had. And then... Wow. Yeah. And we, we stayed in the... Uh, Weren't they we, doing some of that with some of the chefs here in town? Like, especially yeah. like little pop-up restaurants they or are, something yeah. like that. Do you think they got that idea from what those restaurants did? I don't know. I think they did it... I, I think they do it in San Francisco because they're limited in the during the day of how many people they can get in the restaurant because they're very small. I mean, tiny. They Yeah, talk about uh, the Maybe value you know, of your real estate yeah. by square foot. It's right. got to be fucking... Twenty thousand dollars a square foot. <laughs> I cannot can't understand why all the kids are moving to Idaho now. I get it. I being not... up in that area, you will never own your own home. You will never have a backyard to raise kids in. Mm-hmm. But if you can work online now, yeah, why not take your money and go to Idaho? Well, same and have thing. A house? Same thing with Idaho. <clears throat> Idaho's gotten so expensive now. You can't can't afford to buy a house there. Mm. My uh, my sister's That's gonna fuck the kids that grew up in Idaho. Well, my sister's uh, son and his wife and baby were actually moving here in September. Oh, wow. Because they can't afford... They're both working full-time, crazy hours trying to raise an infant. They're in an apartment. They're paying, you know, $2,000 a month for. There's just something horribly wrong about the expression, working class poor. Mm-hmm. And you can have two people working their ass off, you know. Uh, shit, the kid that picked me up from the airport on the Uber after my Mr. Toad's Wild Adventure home yeah. on Sunday, uh, <clears throat> he works three jobs. And yeah. he still lives downtown. You know, so yeah. he's trying to make ends meet down there. But rents have gone up. And did you know that the uh, uh, the properties in Phoenix, like the occupancy, like what's available, has declined 1,337% in the last 10 years in Phoenix? I'm not surprised. There's nothing. You can't, there's nothing. You can't get anything. And it's just, it's just fucking sad, dude. You can't. It's crazy that home values are what they are in certain parts of the country. And in other parts of the country, they're respectable, you know? Right. You get what you pay for, but you can find a good deal on a home. Like, you know, I look at my cousin Mike in Cleveland. He has a beautiful home, dude. It looks like a little mini mansion, you know? Yeah. And big, giant two-story. It's got all the red brick on the lower floor. and Beautiful. uh, yeah, Yeah, it's a beautiful home. And he's got these giant grassy yard with like rolling hills so then wooded along the back ends of it and stuff like that i mean it's just stunning but uh i guarantee it's not worth what my little cracker jack box here is worth no it's not no it's not happening well the thing is is that um like so take for example uh a little town in louisiana where my son lives monroe i can take the equity out of my house and buy a house there with two or three acres on the water for cash. Damn, dude. You, they would think you were their Californian. Uh, you're That's right. You would be. Yeah. Just like all the California folks yeah, coming just, here and buying our shit with cash. Yeah. And they're the ones that are going 20, 30, 40,000 over yeah. asking price, cash offers. Yeah. Yeah, my buddy Aaron's moving here from uh, Albuquerque. He's got a big, big promotion. Known this guy since, oh, geez, he's in his 20s or something. He's. In his 40s now, he's in one of the fantasy baseball leagues. Actually, in both of mine. Um, you know, great guy. He said uh, his 16-year-old son, straight-A student, all the advanced placement classes. He's a varsity swimmer, has been since he's a freshman. He is, uh, he's thinking I'm going to sleep with my door closed because he might try to kill me. I'm moving him out of his high school. He's not happy. Yeah. And he goes, and my daughter, you know, probably not straight-A student, not going to make varsity, but she's definitely her own person. She's not happy either. She's a freshman in high school, and 
she's looking forward to going to school with all of her friends and blah blah. Uh, Albuquerque's got the one of the highest crime rates in the country. It does, dude. It it does. It, it makes me sad because I'm like, there has to be that balance between you have Democratic leadership and they certainly bring something to the table as far as like trying to fully fund schools and right. infrastructure. <clears throat> Uh, but they fall down so hard when it comes to crime and law enforcement. Well, I mean, it's just such a poor community. I mean, it, the the poverty level is terrible there. Jobs are non-existent, you know. But like any town, like we have Scottsdale, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, that's what where people like to visit and shop if they're coming to Phoenix. You know, sure. you got to go to Scottsdale. That's really Albuquerque has their nice spots too. You know, where you have really nice neighborhoods and things like oh, that. Oh yeah. So oh, I. Dude, I, uh, Lisa and I were messing around one day, and uh, we looked at a house in Albuquerque just for shits and giggles. It's, it was this uh, $18 million mansion on top of a fucking mountain. Oh, Jesus. It's the most beautiful house I've ever seen. Whoever designed it, was it was all glass, gorgeous, huge. I mean, every amenity. You, the garages were underneath the house. Um, oh, brilliant. Giant, like, you know, 10-car garage with lifts and... Uh, cars that sat on fucking turntables and like a lazy Susan and spun around. <laughs> and it was like That's whole, some Johnny Quest shit, right? Yeah, there, it was man. like holy shit, man. Let me win that Powerball. Oh yeah, no doubt the yeah. Mega Millions right now. Yeah, yeah, I might have to get that ticket. Yeah, I mean, so there are nice places, but Aaron calls me up and he's like, you know, I thought he just wanted to talk trade in one of the baseball leagues. He's like, hey Johnny, got some news. He goes, you know, my boss was like, uh, you have to say yes. Um, you can say I want to talk to the wife, what have you, but I, I need to know if it's a fuck no right now because we got a big promotion, but you got to move to Phoenix. And he's like, I'll move to Phoenix. Yeah. I'll talk to the wife and I'll also move to Phoenix. So he said, uh, so he's filling me in on everything. So he's got a realtor and blah, blah. And I said, all right, you know, what part of town are you looking at? And he goes, well, of course, they want me to move to Scottsdale. I'm like, sure, if you want to overpay and be pretentious, you could move to Scottsdale. Yeah. You bet. And I said, there's plenty of other nice spots. And he goes, that's what I told him. So he ended up, he's moving just a few miles away from here. Uh, he's on the other side of the loop, of course. And, uh, oh, geez, probably so. And it's uh, Happy Valley, Deer Valley, yeah, out in the avenue, someplace like that. So. He goes, uh, you know, but putting in bids, just hoping somebody doesn't throw a cash offer over the top of me and block me out from getting the house. Right. But it was nice because he called me up and he goes, here's the high schools the kids could go to. And he's like, you know, it could be Mountain Ridge, could be Sandra Day O'Connor. And those are my district. And I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, both good schools. <clears throat> yeah. You know, you, your kids would be fine going to school there. They got all the programs and what have you. And then he's like, uh, Barry Goldwater. And I'm like, absolutely not. No. That's thug life rolling through that place. Right. Oh, my God. No. No, 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 no. Don't do God, that. No. It's, that's industrial. And uh, I think you can see the Castle Boutique from their field. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can. <laughs> so. Yeah, you can. That's a that's a lot, lot rougher. You don't, you know, I would not pick that. And he was like Thunderbird. And I'm like, you know, I don't know enough about Thunderbird to say. I mean, I used to be able to say, you know, Sunny Slope was real scary because I grew up over there. And I said, but... Uh, and there's more in the garage, Mike, if you want a different selection. Um, but Sunny Slope's like a hard-to-get-into school now because they've worked so hard on their programs. And you've got all those custom homes built in the hills of Sunny Slope now. So money's come in there. And then with the money comes the amenities and the the good coaches want to coach there. They won back-to-back -back basketball championships. Yeah. So, I mean, they're on the I, map. I still, man. I, Sunny Slope's got a long ways to go before it's... 
Oh, I agree. It's a mixed bag for actually living over there for yeah. sure. So he was actually going to live in like Moon Valley, but the kids would go to Thunderbird. And I'm like, uh, that'd be fine. I think it's going to be kind of a working class school. You're going to have some very poor people over in the area of Thunderbird High School because Dominic lives across the street from there. And, uh, so I've been over yeah. that neighborhood lately. So I said, but I, I think your best bet would be Ridge or Sandra Day. So I think his kids are going to be going to Ridge. So I'm happy to, to, for Aaron to, to join here. He got Ray's blessing to move here. So he's, he's coming into town. But yeah, just a very different thing depending on where you live, what you can get for your dollar as far as property. I remember this guy moved in next door to my sister when she lived up in Anthem briefly. And uh, always funny because he was like, uh, he goes, yeah, I talked to a realtor down here. And I told him I was interested in getting a few acres. And the guy laughed to be on the phone. Yeah. He says, you want a few acres? Do you want to live in Whitman? Yeah. You know? Right? <laughs> you no shit. outside of town. You want to live in Wintersburg? Yeah. By the nuclear power plant? Yeah. You're not living in town anywhere with a few acres. I mean, you can get acre lots on the horse properties. Yeah. But that's about it. That's it. You're not. Well, yeah. You're not. I like to get. Uh, tracks of land. You just like to have a yard of some kind. Yeah, you really, that is the thing, though, too, I noticed about California is nobody has a yard, dude. Obviously, in a condo, you're not. I thought Sean did a really good job. He put up a new fence since I was there last year, and uh, he did a little research on the property lines, and he was able to have him kick his fence open into this grassy area because that's actually his property. Yeah. And so even with his surf shack where he, he stores, like, I don't know, several surfboards out back, big locking system and everything, but... Uh, he still has a full deck, and he stained it, and it looks beautiful. He's got a nice outdoor seating area. But I think when you live in a place like Santa Cruz, your goal is not to go home and sit in your yard. Your goal is you get off work and you head to the beach. Yeah. And, and you get on the water, you get in the water, you, you, you hang out around a fire, people, you know, drinking good beer and some, got some guy playing the guitar. Uh, I went to an art show when I was there. Yeah. So, nice. Um, yeah, it was Saturday night. It was uh, Bev's first art show. She does a lot of work with acrylics and stuff like that. She sold a painting. It's like 450 bucks for like a one-foot painting. Damn. Yeah. So uh, then she does a sea salt business, too. I've got some. I use it. Whatever I'm smoking means. Really good stuff. But so yeah, so we, went, we were hanging out, and at the art show, Sean and I ran up, and we got tacos. And they were fantastic tacos, and it's not a tourist place. It's just the locals know about it because it's not a restaurant. It's a hole in a, it's like a, it's a window and a wall. And you have to walk up and it's basically you stand on a sidewalk and you order through this window and they hand you out these glorious tacos a few minutes later. <laughs> I'm like, this is great, man. It's like a magic window of tacos. Throw your money in the hole and I'll yeah. come tacos later. <laughs> tacos come out. I'm like, best vending machine ever. And, uh, I mean. Ooh, I mean, that was a tough one for me because that place was great. I think it's called Salsa. And then there was uh, La Porta in San Diego, which makes great tacos and has crap tequilas. Uh, but still, I might have to tip my hat to Lola's Tacos. As yeah, Lola's the got their storefront open now. and Yeah. Yeah. Was it 7th and Deer Valley? I think it is. Somewhere like that. Yeah. Um, it was funny because I, I uh, went and saw my buddy uh, Pletnik up at uh, Front Porch last night. And he said, hey, did you see Front Porch uh, posted up about Lola's Tacos? And I said, no. So he pulled up the post, and they were like, hey, we love Lola's Tacos. One of the greatest food trucks we've ever had out at the, the bar and uh, at the brewery. And uh, never meet a harder-working family. Right. And uh, you guys should all go over there. 
And so uh, Plutnik's like, he goes, you know, I have district training tomorrow, but we get like an hour for lunch. He goes, I think I can get from the district office over to Lola's Tacos. I'm going to grab some people. Yeah. And we're going to go get Lola's <clears throat> Tacos. Uh, so he's like, hey, their grand opening is not until August 1st. I said, yeah, but they had a soft opening, and they're open from like 7 to 3.30 right yeah. now. Yeah. I, th- I said, I, you'll be fine for lunch. Is she running the truck and the storefront now? Yeah, I haven't seen her advertise the truck. I think right now it's more like a special event truck. They're not running. I don't think they're running it downtown gotcha. like they were for a while. Remember they had that spot down there? Yeah. And then some of the local restaurants complained to the city, and they got an order not to park there. Yeah. And then the restaurant they were parking in front of started as a food truck. So what they did is they went to the city and made themselves a farmer's market. And they're allowed to park two food trucks at a farmer's market. So they had Lola and some other food truck parked there every day. No shit. And just said, fuck you to all those other people bitching. Wow. I'm like, wow. Okay. So it's it's, it's own there you tribe go. of food truck folks, you know. There you go. I was impressed they worked out. So I haven't seen it. I know she's got her gig inside Cardinal Stadium, though. Yeah, uh, I think there might actually be two locations of Lola's. I think they put the food truck out in the uh, uh, tailgate section, and then they've got a stall inside. Okay, and, and I think part of that deal is, and it wasn't as good a deal as I I thought it was, and and probably not what she thought it was going to be, because in order to have your food in there, you also have to get people to volunteer to work at other places during the football season inside the stadium some kind of weird deal like that yeah weird that's weird mm-hmm. yeah definitely a little weird she's still gonna do that or no that's a good question i'll have to ask her well i'm gonna have to go get some tacos soon yeah. and then uh um i'll have to ask her what the what the plan is so obviously they still have the truck like i said i've only seen it scheduled for like private events lately yeah or do catering and that sort of thing I think they really want to make a go of it with this storefront. Okay. And be well, a good. restaurant. That's good. Bam. I like it. Well, did you see my post by Anthony Bourdain about Mexican cuisine? Yeah, yeah. I've read that before. Have you? Yeah. That was a brilliant piece of writing. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, I've read that before. Saying about how Mexican cuisine is older than a lot of European cuisines, mm-hmm. and that to make a really good mole, it takes days and days to get it just right. And he's like... These people learn how to cook from their parents and their grandparents. It's all passed down. Yeah. And he goes, we go to these little towns, and their town's just women. All the men are at the United States sending money back home. And uh, he goes, and they just, they spend most of the days trying to get all the materials together to be able to cook food for the family. Yeah. That's what they, I'm like, wow. Yeah. Wow. That, that whole, that's a good read. It's a good read. I feel the same way that he does because been, being in the car wash business for as long as I have, it was when 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 e verify kicked in mm. and you know the the raids really started you know heavy and sure you know Joe they with the posse was yeah and they and they they literally made it people. you know the government made it impossible to you couldn't hire you know the people that wanted to work that needed to work and what you were hiring basically is you know ex cons and and you know flunkies and people who had zero ambition and it was so hard to run a business. It was so hard to run a business without. Yeah, what did Bourdain say? Like, if if you lost all that labor, the restaurant business would crash. Would collapse. Yeah. Yeah. But the and same. I mean, the car wash business was is so, and that's why a lot of it went to the express model because the labor. Well, the labor. I mean, you can't get labor to run a full service anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you it's it's and the labor you get sucks. You know. 
And then if you know if you do have um, a handful of Hispanics working there, it's still hard for them to to overcome the the lack of productivity from the rest of the crew. You know, it's mm-hmm. tough, man. I mean, did I tell you Dominic's buddies? Not Dominic, because uh, manual labor is not his thing at all. Uh, they all worked at this car wash up here on 51st and Bell. Yeah. When they were, like, going to college when they first got out of high school and stuff like that. And it was the weirdest thing seeing, you know, Kyle and James and stuff like that all out there. Yeah. On the lot, you know. And, you know, I was, and I would always go up there to get the truck washed and then buy everybody Gatorades and set them out really good when I went out there. Because, I mean, it, it's hot right now, dude. Those yeah. guys are outside fucking working their ass off on your vehicle. Yep. So. And then, and then people have the audacity to complain that it takes 45 minutes to get a car wash. I'm like, well, go home and do it in your driveway. How long will it take you yeah. to do it in your driveway? Yeah, go home and do it in your driveway. Yeah, longer than 45 minutes. Yeah. I know. Yeah, and in the sun. In, in the sun. No, it's miserable. Dude. Yeah. So You have to do your car like right now if you're going to do it at all. Yeah. I, I, yeah. No. There's no end. There's absolutely zero point this time of year washing a car in Arizona. They just get spotted up the, within The days. next day. Yeah. Yeah. Because you get just a sprinkle of rain at night. So there's well, enough dust in the air. Yep. You get splattered. My truck looks like. Right. Hammered horse shit. Dog shit right now. Yeah. yeah, I know. I look at Maddie's little car and I'm like, not right now, dude. Not with the weather reports. Not right I'll, now. I'll, I'll wait. And then when this clears, I'll uh, at some point I'll, I'll run her car back up and get a wax and everything. Yeah, it's a trip, dude. It's it trip. is a trip, man. It's a trip. But, you know, it's it's the, the labor. It's tough, man, because, I mean, you know, when you had... And I can't speak for any other industry besides the car wash business. But when you had the Hispanics, the Mexicans out there working, busting ass, you know, car washes were 30 minutes, cars looked good, customers were happy. When that shift happened, fuck. Dude, you know what? That was Bourdain's point. He's like, everybody loves Mexico, but they don't love Mexicans. And he doesn't understand what the issue is yeah. with one of the hardest working groups of people yep. on the planet. And, you know, it wouldn't be a show if I didn't mention Damone Landscaping. But Frank said, he goes, man, when Sheriff Joe was out, he goes, I would start losing like half my crew. They're like, hey, Frankie, yep. you can't come in today. Yep. Sheriff Joe's out looking for us. And I'm like, fuck, dude. You know, you know how, how terrifying must it be that, that <laughs> you just get pulled over? You know, for driving while being brown. Right. Think and then next thing you know, you're on a fucking bus back to Mexico. Think about No Spanish Ray. Yeah. How he feels, you know. And if he's not rolling around with his Viking wife, they're probably going to pull him over and right. ask questions. That's yeah. They probably think she's smuggling him. I mean, yeah, Jesus right. Christ. Or, uh, you know, Frank Martinez or, you know, any of these guys, yeah. dude, that we know that, I mean, grew up here and. Are, are I, every bit of the American than anybody else? Is, absolutely. But just you can look at them and pull them over because you think they might be illegal. These guys that Show come the from papers, these guys papers. that come from Mexico, they'll they'll come in. You know, they'll they'll they would work. You know, from six thirty in the morning to seven o'clock at night. Four, five, six of them would live in the same apartment. You know, they'd mm-hmm. grab a twenty-four pack of beer, some burritos, go back to the apartment, eat, drink, get up. Do it again the next day. Every day. And they're sending all that money home. All that money home. Take care of the family. Yep. Well, and I talked to my buddy Pastiak, right? And uh, 
I don't know if technically he's a conservative, definitely has some very strong libertarian leanings. And he started his own company, like Wave Electric, you know, several years ago, and it's grown from a one-man operation to, I don't know, he's got 12 guys working for him and multiple vans out there, and he's, you know, we got more work. He goes, but you can't get any labor, dude. I mean, and what you're paying your labor. So he has taken positions with different electrical associations, that sort of thing. He just emceed a big graduation event for new electricians. And he goes, but I need to be in the pipeline to grab these guys. Yeah. I actually want to get out there and do the work. You know? Yeah. And he goes, so I said, well, John, how do you feel about, you know, opening up the border? I mean, vet as hard as you want, but let's let some workers in here. He goes, are you asking me if you want to bring over oh, the hardest working group of people that I know? As, as a business owner, I'll say, fuck yeah. Yeah. Give me those people. Because I think I told you that Tanner's buddy Cody runs a plumbing company. Yeah. And he's paying, he can't well, find. Can't find anybody. He's paying 35 bucks an hour for to people who lie about what they can do. And he goes, they were, make it about two weeks and I got to run them off. Jeez. Because I cannot. He goes, I'd rather pay nobody or, you know, I'd rather not pay somebody to not know how to do something. He's like, you know, if I hired him out as a helper. I would, my expectations are different, but you're not getting 35 bucks an hour to be a helper. Because, you know, I'm, I'm trying to hire journeymen, plumbers that can actually go into a job and do the job. And he goes, and I can't, I can't find that workforce nope. right now. Can't find it. Nope. That's a trip, dude. I it's mean, tough, I think, man. I well, you know, it there's, catch up. you know, there's a lot of, uh, I see a lot of retirees working now. Um, you know, these jobs. Fast food, Walgreens, Walmart. Well, they said inflation has forced a lot of people who are planning on retire. Yeah, back to work. Back to work. Yeah. You know, because they're like, my money's not going to last as long as I thought it was going to last. Yep. And so I better have some income. Now they're working for, you know, 13, 14, 15 bucks an hour at Walmart as a cashier just to, you know. You know, and it used to be, I I didn't have a problem with it. You know, yeah, the Walmart greeters were like a lot of retirees, that sort of thing. Uh, Always had a good time going out to Peoria sports park to see spread training games because those are actually volunteers from the sun cities yeah and you know you always had that impression sun city is a bunch of cranky old people who hate kids in schools <laughs> and you always have a great time at that ballpark those volunteers are awesome yeah. i mean you know they're happy to be at the ballpark and they have purpose they got up that morning and had some place to go something to do so you know there's nothing wrong with having older employees i think the problem comes is uh is when we get older, you know, Sean was well into his 40s and had to go find another job, and that was yeah. not easy. Uh, Bev's my age, so like 55, and she's been trying to pick up a new position back in corporate. I mean, she's still going to do her side hustles. I mean, she's just a brilliant person. She does the salt business. She's an artist. She has her own studio. Uh, really cool thing, too, because it's these old buildings. One's like a granary and a bunch of auto places with cool cars on the other side. Well, they're slowly but surely changing this whole place into a little artist studio. So it's like a little compound yeah. of talented people. So that's a trip. But, I mean, she's worked in San Francisco, big-time corporate offices. And she goes, you know, it's hard because you're interviewing with these startups and stuff. And you've got somebody who's 20-something or 30-something. Fuck yeah. And they asked me. Really weird, fucked up questions. I got a question from one kid. He looked me right in the eye and he says, so uh, uh, how much do you understand about science? And she goes, it took me a second to process what he was saying. And so he goes, well, can you clarify? Because science is a rather large topic. Uh, Specific to your business, the areas of science that you'd be interested in. And then she gave her answer. But she's like, 
I got the impression he was just looking for an excuse not to hire me because yeah. I was too old for what he was trying to put together. And she goes, it's just been very frustrating. Ageism is a real thing. Yeah. Sean said, he goes, I don't know that it's even intentional all the time, but it still happens. I think it's intentional. When someone finds out how old, how old you are, you know, if you're, you know, saying you're mid-40s, early 50s, whatever, they're like, ah, this guy should, you know, this person is just, you know, they're just too old to... Mm-hmm. to connect you know or what happened at the last job that now they got to find a new job right you know exactly. yeah so and sean's like he goes in office also when you get somebody who's in younger you can pay them a lot less and you in their mind they're more moldable like yeah. we can make them our company guy if they come in with all that experience they're going to want to do something that might be different than what we want to do which i don't know anybody worth their salt's going to bring what they bring to the table but it's going to be, all right, I'm a part of this now, so I'm going to get on board with what's going on. You know, I would think. Like, when I went to my new school in my late 40s, I had to adjust to not being a team leader, to not being on the school leadership team, to not being on the hiring committee. I don't have any leader position, positions. Those were all taken. That's yeah. an established thing at my new school. So. I remember how much I hated people coming into my old school and saying, well, at my old school, we used to do this. At my old school, we used to do this. Nobody gives a shit. Your question should be, you know, how how do you guys handle the situation? How how is it that you guys... And then later on, if you want to make a suggestion, hey, I was giving it some thought about how we do this. And I was just wondering, maybe we could, uh, or you know, in in the past, what I found to be very successful is this. And it's, it's really how you... How you present that, you know, because I think people who are already established someplace are almost resentful of somebody who comes in and thinks they're going to take over and redo everything. You yeah. Know? So I even saw that at Fry's. We'd get a new bakery manager in a grocery store, and they'd want to change how you put sprinkles on a donut. And it was like the fucking, I don't know, a hornet's nest got thrown into a hen house, and they would yeah. lose their fucking mind. Well, a, a lot of that is, yeah, people... Well, a lot of that comes down to cost of goods. And so, but if someone was to come to you and say, I, you know, look, the way you do sprinkles is fine, but here's the cost of the sprinkles and the cost of the sprinkles has gone up, you know, 60% in the last year. And we need to cut back on the sprinkles so we can maintain our margins. Then you'd be like, oh, okay. So 10 less sprinkles. You know, if someone explained that to you, but people, that's, that's the, the shitty thing about bosses. They come in and they go, you're going to do it my way and my way only. They don't tell you why. Right. They just want you to know the how because they, they, don't, they don't give you enough respect to, to give you the why. You so know? Communication failure. Well, it's, it's a fucking arrogance. <laughs> now you sound like Gary Vanderchuk. Because he talks about that a lot. Yeah, it's, it's just an arrogance of superiority and... In any business, the the key to really motivating any team is to, is to provide them with as much fucking knowledge as you can provide them at any given time. And it, there's no secrets in business. And people that run around, you know, talking in riddles and, and just pointing out shit and saying, do this and do that. Look, I, I don't care how smart they think they are they're just doing themselves a disservice 
So when you come in and you have a new way of doing things and you want that process or procedure to take over, you really have to explain the why. Mm. You have to explain the why. You have to be willing to, you know, I mean, you can't put yourself above people. And so, you know, they're not your peers, but at the same time, they're human beings. And if you really know how to motivate a human being, you do it by the why, not the how. I, I get that. I appreciate well, that. Well, let me, let me put it to you like this. Yeah. When we're working out and we're in the middle of a fucking, you know, uh, mini wide and we're dying, what do I always tell you? It's good for your heart. You do. I, I, That's I just, the why. That, yeah, that part I don't mind. I appreciate you, Mike. But um, usually when you grab the wall ball and you throw it outside the door, I'm like, ah, fuck. fuck. Shit just yeah. got real. Yeah. And we did, uh, what was it? Goblet squats, kettlebell swings, and wall, wall balls. balls. Yeah. We did, did a circuit. Oh, whew, after doing five sets of squats, yeah. something like that, we went up on the weights. We haven't put weight on the bar for the squats in a while. We've been doing more air squats than anything else. Yeah. We ran it up a little bit today, well, so the that thing, felt the, good. But that's my point, though, is is the why. The why. Yeah. Why are we doing this? Well, it's good for your heart, you know, because you can't just go out there and bang and clang and put on muscle mass. you got to take care of your heart, too. That's true. I, I can appreciate that more because when I was younger, I'm just like, yeah, working out's about getting big. Yeah. Uh, but what can you do with big? Now working out's just about not getting fat. 100%. 100%. It's trying to maintain a decent waistline. No one told me that adulthood was just gaining and losing the same 10 pounds over and over again. No shit, dude. I mean, I, I'm not exactly svelte, but I was able to take my shirt off at the beach this year Yeah, and play Frisbee up and down the beach. You know? Yeah. Uh, it was pretty funny, too. We had this little Frisbee game. You put these two Frisbees on top of each other. You throw it, and you get points whether you catch both or one or you miss them or you touch them, but you don't catch them. Or if it's a bad throw, and you basically played it 21, so it's like bags. And there was this absolutely smoking hot mom with a couple little toe-headed kids. And just, you know, it's a time-honored tradition to check out the bikinis at the beach. And uh, and I was just a part of that this last weekend. And uh, Just, you know, just doing your part to keep doing, traditions alive. Yes. And, uh, you know, trying to really just uh, immerse myself in the local culture, Mike. And uh, <laughs> That's right. Went in Rome. Yeah. <laughs> went in Rome. So this mom pulls on a, on a uh, wetsuit. And I'm like, you know, if anything, she's even hotter in a wetsuit. I didn't even think that was possible. I'm like, they might have an opening in the next Aquaman movie. You should just go do that. Um, so I told Sean, I'm like, hey, I need you to throw off to my left here, you know, towards where the water's at. And he's like, why? And I'm like, because I'm going to miss it, and I'm going to go talk to that mom. And, uh, and he wouldn't do it. He takes the game a little too seriously. He wants to win on points. So finally, I'm like, switch sides with me. Sun's in my eyes. And then first throw, I put it over in the water. And then one of those little toe-headed kids went and grabbed the Frisbee. And then the mom came up, and she was all smiles, had a little conversation with Sean. I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. Do you even know what a fucking wingman is at all? You suck at it. All right? He's terrible. like, I've been married for fucking 20 years, man. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. A number about. of years, yeah. I'm like, he's, his game was not, uh, it's not strong. So I was just like, all right, I, that was my lead by example. In the future, when I give you a heads up, you know, you're setting me up, your brother. So, uh, man. I, but, yeah, I get the whole idea of why you need to explain why. I had the greatest principle 
for five years early in my career, probably after my first two years, I got the great Pat Mortada. And when I was in the Ed Leadership Program, studying to be a principal or assistant principal, uh, me and John Malvin both, she spent a lot of time with us. And she just broke down everything she did and why she did it. And she said, you know, John, a lot of people uh, in my position feel like their power is because they hold the information. And I know, but, but you don't know. I know something you don't know. Yeah. And they do it all the time. She goes, as soon as I get information from the district office, I disseminate to my entire staff. That way you will never be surprised. You will never say, why didn't you tell us? That's because the why. I told you. That's the why. Yes. And it's funny because she got shit from our district office. Well, that wasn't meant to be shared with staff yet. She goes, no, if you share with me, it could share Well, yeah, yeah. Well, then don't share it with me. Yeah. She's like, no. just not. Yeah. <laughs> there's people. Run, look, these people that run around, you know. Um, you know, keeping keeping information to themselves or, or not sharing information or or um, are vague on purpose. It's just an ego thing. It's just an ego thing. I think you're 100 percent right on that. It really is kind of an ego thing. Like I have the power, you don't have the power. Yeah, I'm the boss. Yeah, so dumb. And you're not the boss. So dumb. It's, it's like being pulled over by an arrogant cop. Ha. <laughs> One. Well, I think things like that, too, it's not going to work with the younger generation of workers coming up. They don't learn that way in the schools, you know. They uh, they often ask that same question, you know, why? And sometimes my answer only has to be, um, you know, I'm building your foundation, and you're going to need to know what I'm teaching you this year so you can be successful next year. And like, well, when am I ever going to use this? I'm like, you know, we don't know what you're going to use when you're an adult, what yeah. kind of job you're going to have. So we need to make sure that you guys have a really solid base on your education so right. that you can do whatever it is you want to do. <laughs> so I want you to be happy. And, the, you know, it's funny because these guys are 11, and they're a whole person at 11. They don't have to wait until they're 18 to be a whole person. They're a whole person at 11. And they want to understand what, what's the purpose. Why am I doing this? They don't want busy work. Yeah. You know, and it used to be more when the kids were younger. I could throw busy work at them to keep them busy so I catch up on my grading. But everything was by hand everything was turned yeah. in it was lots of copying and now it's all done online now you got you got kids uh, playing games on laptops in class oh jesus yeah that's the new challenge for me I, I, yeah you know i i found out my my teammates started texting me when i was up in santa cruz and i'm like you guys suck i'm on vacation <laughs> do not talk to me about how soon we're coming back in because they were both like i got stuff to do i'll probably be in at school this this week like this week that we're on right now and we're not due back in until next Thursday. I'm like, you'll see me Thursday. Yeah. I'm not. No. The more I work, the less I get paid. That's right. Because uh, my salary, they don't give me extra for coming in a week early. No. 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 Plus, we're vets. We're supposed to know what the fuck we're about. Right. They didn't change my curriculum. I don't have to learn new stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a trip. Anyway, I got one more trip coming up. I fly out today. Did San Diego two weekends ago. Santa Cruz in San Francisco last weekend, and this weekend I will be visiting Rob and Liz and Kidnos up in the uh, Fort Collins, northern Colorado, just short drive uh, south of Wyoming, and uh, temperatures are going to drop from about 108 all the way down to 98 fucking degrees. Yeah. It's that goddamn heat wave, Mike. Yep. It's following me. Yep. I can't get away. Should have stayed in Santa Cruz, bro. Dude. Dude, there's something glorious about a place that the whole year is 55 to 85 yeah I'm like, that's that why it a, costs 1.6 million for a, a condo. goddamn two-bedroom condo Dude, seriously but i mean I, coastal living the culture that's around there 
and how much there is to do outside. The whole time I'm in Santa Cruz, there's people on bikes and scooters. They got these little goofy mini cars that you can rent now to do like a GPS guided tour around Santa Cruz. <coughs> and it just takes you from place to place. You follow the little GPS on it, which I'm also thinking, man, that's awful dangerous. Uh, yeah. we, we were walking back from this Italian restaurant because, again, everything is walkable. And we're crossing at a light, and this car comes flying up on us. My buddy Sean starts yelling at it, you know, and it's just a young girl, and you can see the reflection of her phone on her face inside of her windshield. Yeah. And Sean's like, hey, it's a neighborhood. We have a lot of walkers. Put your fucking phone down. And I'm like, you know, he's not wrong. She just kind of looks scared in that car, but I'm like, yeah, you just about drove through a fucking crosswalk. Yeah, because she's on her people. fucking cell phone, man. Dude, man. I mean, and you know that's against law in California. Everything's Big against law time in California. Against <laughs> Big time. It's uh, I don't know about all these haters of California, Mike. I mean, I know that there there's issues everywhere, but I'm like, I have to ask you know, did, did you not have a great time when you were in Cal? <laughs> did yeah. you not really love the time that you spent there? I mean, not no place is perfect, but you know, that's not they're not a foreign country. That's still America. Right. <laughs> yeah, kinda. <laughs> All right, we got to wrap this up. We do. Hey, what do you think about like a Gavin Newsom versus uh, Rhonda Satan? For president, I mean, can we actually get a little younger than uh, eighty-one and seventy-eight? I just read that Biden diagnosed with COVID this morning. Oh Jesus! Yeah, so he might get Kamala sooner. Yeah, uh, let's not think that. That's that's dark. Yeah, that's dark. But well, so. Gavin Newsom put out the ad and was trolling DeSantis yeah, was. in Florida. Yeah, he was. And DeSantis, he's going to keep doubling down. But I was thinking the other day, I'm like, you know. We need both parties to be a whole lot more of what they aren't. They don't need to be any more of what they already are. God, there's... Because you got the you got the dicks on the right who just double down on everything. And they're not all wrong. I mean, the whole idea of uh, support military and police, unless it's an insurrection. And, uh, right. you know, uh, some fiscal responsibility. Nobody said that in a decade or more. Uh, but that would be some traditional things to have. Uh, but they could show a little more compassion, and I thought it was pretty cool that 47 of them signed on with the same-sex marriage yeah. legislation. It shocked me. 47 Republicans, really? That's It just shows how times have changed, and it is an election season, <laughs> It's too, ridiculous so. that there was 129 that voted no. I know. Don't they have any gay people where they live? <sighs> Probably none, right? So they stupid, some, man. Uh, so super stupid. Christian place in southern Indiana. Yeah. Anyway. So, anyway. And then you've got the the left, which are act like a bunch of pussies and never yeah. punch back. Yep. But they have all these great progressive ideas, but they're too soft on on uh, law and order and crime. And I'm like, you know, so on one side you got dicks, the other side you got we're fucked. Yeah. We're just fucked in the middle. Yeah, fucked in the middle. Yeah. No one all gets right. a shit. Mikey, I will let it wrap up. It is that time. We've been on here long enough. Yeah, I'm hot. So have a good trip. Hey, I will. All right, I will. Uh, I'll see you. See Monday. you on Monday. Yep. Yeah, let's do it. All right.